The Con Guy Show, the official program of theconguy.com, is heard on the We Be Geeks Collective and on Sci-Fi.Radio. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Drew Leiter here, inviting you to join Cletus Jacobs and I as we journey into a new era of the DC Universe, Dawn of the DC. Join us each week as we review comics, television, and movies. There might even be a surprise guest or two along the way. Thanks for your continued support, and we look forward to talking more DC with you. The Earth Station DCU podcast comes out weekly and is part of the ESO Network. We're the Con Guys, and this is the Con Guys Show, coming to you straight from the nerdy heart of Hollywood, California. And this is Jim with theconguy.com. She's been here with theconguy.com. Katie here, aka the con girl. Zordon did not want five teenagers with attitude. My name is Derek Sam. I'm Danae Sams, and that's my brother. We are your home for news, opinions, and interviews from the world of Comic Cons and fandoms, your ultimate insiders for all things. The end of it is my favorite. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome, everybody, to our live broadcast of the Con Guy Happy Hour. My name is Ben Cleaver. Uh, I am not the regular main host, Jim Fry. He's uh, pulling the strings behind the scenes. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Uh, tonight, we are focusing on something that is not necessarily John's John. Who's John? I don't even know. Jim's strong suit. Um, and uh, that is because happy Valentine's Day Eve. Tonight, we're going to be talking about love particularly our love for one of the greatest science fiction franchises in the history of the human race, Doctor Who. Sometimes I think there's something missing. Like I had something lovely. And it's gone. I don't know who I am anymore. The show is just beginning. Worldwide premiere. Who are they? Monsters. I don't believe in destiny, but if destiny exists, then it is heading for Dominoble. Open fire! If she ever remembers me, she will die. Skinny man! He's not there. You can't see him. Uh, we have some very special guests tonight. Uh, as I said, I'm Ben Cleaver, a regular host here on the Con Guys show. I'm going to toss it to my, is that my left? That's my left. Your right. Yeah. My left. Uh, Katie, who is one of our regular hosts. Katie, go ahead and introduce yourself. What up, everyone? I know it's been a little while, but it is the representation for the Con Girl this evening, as Danae is not here. Not that she's not a Doctor Who fan, just could not be here tonight. Um, but yeah, fellow nerd. Uh, lover of cosplay, um, currently obsessed with BTS. So, you know, that's me in a nutshell. Don't let the dress deceive you. It's not my favorite doctor, but this dress was gifted to me. And of course, since it's a Doctor Who show, I have to wear it. So, <laughs> Thanks, Katie. Uh, yes, as she mentioned tonight, the Samblings, uh, Danae Sams and uh, Derek are not able to join us. Both of them huge Doctor Who fans, so it's unfortunate, but they had other pressing matters to attend to. We have a couple of special guests uh, on the show right now. We're going to have a couple more joining us later. 
Uh, right now up, uh, well, we'll do uh, ladies first. We'll do uh, Katie Ayani up in this corner here. Katie, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. I mean, if it's easier, you can just call me Katie Potter for this one since there's two Katies. Um, I am a massive Harry Potter fan as well as a massive Doctor Who fan. I attend many conventions all over the country and uh, I'm really into uh, cosplay as well. So this is, uh, yeah, <laughs> we have a lot all in common. The, all over the world, really. You've been you've been really all over the, the world. Yeah. yeah. And uh, right above me in this box up here is uh, a good uh, good guy that I know, and I've seen him at all kinds of stuff. Bruce McLaughlin. I pronounced that correctly, right? Yes, 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 you did. Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, as I'm Bruce, I'm a cosplayer, uh, geek fandom since the 70s, everything from Doctor Who, Star Trek Originals, um, just all around. I love the whole fandom of uh, the geekdom, and that's, what can I say? I, I, I enjoy it all. Pretty, pretty rad, pretty, uh, pretty well fits in among us. Uh, we've got Nathan Rita saying, what's up, the con guy? Lily Zuniga, hello, guys. And Jim, Jim uh, signing in from behind the curtain. I get to watch this time, so that's fun. <laughs> um, and I'm getting messages from some of our other guests on other things. Uh, oh, it uh, looks like uh, Milo, unfortunately, is not going to be able to join us on the show tonight. So uh, we will have another guest. Tom Craven from that hashtag show is going to be joining us uh, about halfway through the show. Uh, so tonight, this being the con guy, of course, primarily we're concerned with conventions. Uh, and so we do have a convention coming up uh, this coming weekend. Uh, it is Gallifrey One. And this year it is called Gallifrey One. 33 and a third, long live the revolution. This is the 33rd annual North American Doctor Who celebration. It is the world's largest and longest running annual Doctor Who convention. It is a fully nonprofit uh, convention founded by fans in 1989 in Los Angeles, right here in LA. Uh, the event has run annually since 1990, and all but the first two have occurred in February, uh, and they only have missed 2021 due to the global pandemic. Um, it has become one of the world's most popular uh, fan-run themed events devoted to Doctor Who, both the classic and the new uh, reboot series, as well as Doctor Who spinoffs, including Torchwood, Class, and the Sarah Jane Adventures, as well as all the audio adventures that have been going on uh, for the last 30, 40, close to 40 years, I think. And uh, while this is very much a celebrity-driven uh, convention, like many modern conventions are now, they do stick to their roots on old school fandom, including things like one admission cost for nearly everything at the event with no tier packages. Unfortunately, right now, being as it is about five days before the convention, uh, the tickets are sold out, which they generally tend to do pretty early. But I know for next year, they will be going on sale within the, I think, two to three months after the convention, they'll go on sale for next year. So if you're interested in this, keep your eyes on the Gallifrey One Convention webpage and uh, you will be able to know when the tickets go on sale and hopefully get one for yourself. Um, they also feature a classic style art show, supervised children's program room, uh, hallway fan tables available free to clubs and conventions. Uh, the uh, local uh, Southern California Renaissance Fair, the original Renaissance Fair, mind you, in the country, uh, does have a booth there where they sell uh, tickets at a huge discount, uh, which is one reason I love going to Gallifrey One. Uh, they also have specialized costume events, such as the Masquerade of Mandragora, 
Uh, they've got a dealer's room where you can pick up all kinds of great merch from independent uh, creators, uh, dealers of collectibles, et cetera, et cetera. And they have special themed events that are unique to the convention, including a Thursday night launch party, an annual group in and out run, an ice cream social, karaoke, dances, extensive programming, which on Friday and Saturday nights go well into the wee hours of the morning. And as always, celebrity guests. That was a mouthful. Now, Katie... Christine, Katie Kawamoto, you have never been to Gallifrey One, correct? I have not. Okay, and um, Bruce... The only, the only Doctor Who-related convention stuff I have been to was the 50th anniversary panel at Comic-Con, which, amazing, but that's I haven't been to Gallifrey One, no. Um, every year it comes by, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's a thing. But since I'm also behind in the show, I feel like it's probably not the best time for me to start going. Not necessarily. Like, it celebrates all things Who from my experience. So even if you are behind in the show, like I run into people there that I'm like, did you watch this last season? They're like, Oh, I haven't watched like last two seasons, but I'll catch up eventually. But they still love to be there. Cause it is, you know, it, it's celebrating all the things that we love about the show past, present and future. Yeah. And um, I did go to the, the 50th simulcast. Like I saw it in theaters. Nice. So that was fun because all the people were dressed up. There were sonic screwdrivers everywhere. So I've done some little mini things that like, kind of like, you know. Now, Katie Potter, I'm going to skip you for now because I know you've been. Bruce, have you ever been to Gallifrey One? Yeah, uh, the last one I got to go to was two, 2016, okay. and because I did it so I did it 2014, 2015, and 2016. Okay, nice. I think 2016 was my first year that I went, and we went 16 through 20. Obviously, 21 we skipped, and then we decided not to go last year just because it, stuff with the pandemic was still kind of up in the air, and so we were like, eh, I don't know if I want to be around that many people, And uh, but this year we were like, we got to go back this year, so we're excited. Now, um, Katie Potter, um, what are some of the things that you love about the Gallifrey One convention? What, what are things that keep you coming back year after year, apart from just simply being a Doctor Who fan? This convention is extremely unique in the fact that it is a family reunion as well as a Doctor Who convention. The people that you meet here, you become friends with because you already have something in common when you meet and you just really connect with people because you are at a hotel instead of a convention center. So most people who are attending stay at the hotel um, and it is this convention never sleeps. This convention is going 24 hours a day in the lobby, downstairs, just all over the hotel in, you know, in, in hotel parties and in, in people's rooms. I mean, it's just everywhere. So it's kind of this, you know, I think the only other thing that I could compare it to is like Dragon Con, where you're just 24 hours a day, constantly awake, uh, celebrating something that you love or the characters or the, your friends that you make during this convention. And I think it really is, you know, something that I would never miss. Yeah. And one of the unique things about it um, that contributes to what you were mentioning there is it is a small con, you know, they, they cap it at what it used to be like 2000. I think it's up to 3000. Yeah, so. so when you're looking at that in comparison to something like, I don't know, San Diego comic-con or New York comic-con, which has 80 to 120,000 on any given day, give or take, you know, you're looking at a really intimate space by comparison as far as a convention goes. 
Uh, Bruce, what about your experience at Gallifrey One? Uh, what What do you remember? Uh, <laughs> no sleep. Uh, uh, honestly, it, some of the best things that happened to me was meeting new friends and literally got dragged into in an impromptu LARP, Doctor Who Torchwood LARP, where we ran around looking for the contraption that was going to turn everybody into Cybermen. And it was hilarious. It was just fans who put this together just said, we're bored. Let's do this. And I got dragged into it. And it lasted like almost the whole time. And it was so much fun. That's the that, kind of that's thing. That's really a fear of mine, though. If everybody turned into Cybermen, I'm pretty sure that that would be terrifying. Are, are you more afraid of the Cybermen or the Weeping Angels? Oh, Weeping Angels, 100%. Okay. But... All right, cool. <laughs> Same. But the Cybermen are way scarier than you think they would be. Like, when you're trying to explain it to someone else, it doesn't sound terrifying, but yet it is. Now, Jim just threw a picture up on the screen. Um, and for those of you who are just listening on uh, uh, audio, uh, I'll explain it to you. So we've got a picture of three cosplayers. Two of them are dressed as the 10th Doctor, and one of them is dressed as Rose, I think. Yep, Rose. Is that Rose? Yeah. That looks like and it. They're all, uh, they're all standing at the ready in front of a life-size Dalek. And that is uh, in front of a TARDIS. And that is one of the things that you will see at, uh, at uh, Gallifrey One. There are people with remote-controlled, full-size Daleks running around, screaming exterminate at people. Um, some of the, the, the crafting of both uh, just contraptions like that or the cosplays that you'll see, you'll see very traditional cosplays of very screen-accurate characters, all the way to mashups and uh, creative liberties and artistic interpretations of things and concepts and people and characters from Doctor Who. And it is an incredibly creative crowd. Here's another one of the Doctor facing off against a full-size radio-controlled Dalek, which is just about to exterminate him. And there is a canine unit in the background. Yeah, I saw that in the background. My uh, favorite part is when little kids run up to the Daleks and try and fight them. And they will go, you know, all out trying to defeat these Daleks. And these whole shows will last a while inside and outside. And people just gather around to to watch. It's just amazing because this whole convention is for families. I mean, you really do have all ages there. Absolutely. And it's, and that's what makes it kind of fun too, because it, it does tend to be a very wholesome environment for lack of a better term. Like it, it really is a family environment. You're not getting a lot of like, I don't know what I'm even trying to think of, but you know, like there's a lot of like sexiness and violence and all this kind of stuff really, uh, promoting a lot of the products that contain that at bigger conventions, but Dr. Who really remains, you know, it's weird and there's violence, but it's very sci-fi violence. And um, it, it really is much more of a family um, environment. So the show, the, I mean, isn't technically the show considered a family show? In oh yeah, absolutely. I think. Yeah, it was originally based as a children's show. Yeah. Right. That's where its original concept was for. And the idea and even the stories and the values today, even in the show, even though it's much more, say, advanced than it started, are still at its core values of do no harm. Love will conquer all. Absolutely. For sure. But and, and now it's going to Disney. So, I mean, it's a Disney franchise at this yeah. point. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. 
Uh, it did drop just uh, a little while ago. It was fairly recently that the new season, starting with se uh, series 14, as the British call it, um, that they will be available on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I've been having to catch, not catch up, I've been catching up on the most recent season. Um, and, you know, it's all on HBO Max. The entire rebooted uh, series uh, from 2005 on is on HBO Max right now. But I am looking forward to seeing um seeing it pop up on my disney plus next to star wars and you know all that stuff marvel um and speaking of big tentpole things like star wars and marvel let's uh let's move to one of the really cool features of the gallifrey one convention particularly being such a small convention the celebrity guests now this is not a convention where typically depending on how big they are the celebrity guests are uh, sequestered away from the uh, unwashed masses, you can oftentimes run into some of your favorite actors from the show right on the con floor or in the lobby or having a drink at the bar. And uh, this year, I don't know if these first two uh, necessarily will be caught out uh, amongst mm -hmm. the masses, but uh, very special guest Jody Whitaker is the tentpole guest this year. She is the 13th Doctor uh, from series 11 through 13. Uh, that's uh, 2017 through 2022. Um, Katie, talk to me. How do you feel about Jodie Whittaker being at Gallifrey One this year? Sorry, Katie Potter, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'm very excited. Uh, I actually have met her before. That was at San Diego Comic-Con um, when they did the Doctor Who panel. Um, she was so sweet. It was a great experience, but I'm really looking forward to, you know, maybe meeting her in the hallway on a more personal level. And maybe, you know, I mean, I remember when John Berriman was at the convention and he was running wild all over that hotel and had no problems, you know, interacting with people in, in crazy ways, you know, all day long, all night long in the bars. So you really never know who you're going to see and where and where you're going to catch them and what time it could be any, any time of day or night. Um, but Jody is, is so really into the fan base. She really loves interacting with people um, at the, you know, the few conventions she's done and seeing, you know, just everyone's reactions to her doctor. And so I'm really excited to, to meet her, to take picture I know personally, um, they have these photo ops that you can pay extra for. And every year that there is a guest that I'm really interested in, I will invest in those photo ops. And I have a whole wall in our Doctor Who themed bedroom uh, with each photo op, <laughs> you know, with each uh, actor, you know, whether it's a companion or a doctor um, <laughs> or even, you know, uh, the master or the mi Missy or whoever it is. Um, and we always do something really funny so we'll always uh, we'll always do something really crazy, but you can usually interact with them and say hi or, you know, hug them or, you know, do whatever. Well, last time was a little odd because of, you know, COVID, um, mm -hmm. but it's it's still very personal. Even even with the COVID restrictions, everything is very personal because it's on a smaller scale compared to Comic-Con or, you know, anything else. Yeah, and, and on that note, they did uh, announce, uh, sent out to all ticket holders that they will be enforcing uh, COVID-19 safety precautions this year. So whenever you're inside, you're wearing a mask, um, you know, and uh, I think they're requiring either proof of vaccination or negative COVID test within two days uh, when when you arrive at the con to pick up or, uh, yeah, pick up your badges. 
Um, and so they, they are taking precautions. And again, it's, it's because it is such an intimate convention um, that, uh, you know, it, it's very close quarters in this case. Um, anybody else have commentary on Jody Whitaker being at the convention? No. I, I, <laughs> I was just going to say she's been everything from what I know for this is going to be a special moment for uh, us, the fans, to have her in such an intimate area, even, you know, be it, even though they've been at other cons, I feel probably Gallifrey one is the most respectful, intimate in that aspect for the cast of Doctor Who. And I think this is just going to be amazing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it is a convention where it's like, you think, oh, you have this celebrity who's in close quarters with all these fans, people are just going to be pawing at them and trying. No, that's not like people are very respectful at this convention. Um, I've, I've done the photo ops a couple times. We got a photo op for, for Jody this weekend. So um, we're going to be doing that as well, but I've done photo ops in the past with uh, Catherine Tate. I did it with Christopher Eccleston, who was my favorite doctor when he came a few years ago, which is a whole story in and of itself, how Christopher Eccleston ended up at the Gallifrey one convention. But I have this 12 inch tall ninth doctor, Christopher Eccleston action figure that I got the year before I got a photo op with Christopher Eccleston the next year. So I wore my Christopher Eccleston ninth doctor jacket. I had my tiny, who I call tiny Christopher. <clears throat> and I waited in line. I got up. Christopher Eccleston's right there. Tremendous actor, by the way, if you've seen any of his other stuff besides Doctor Who. He's incredible in Doctor Who, but also incredible outside of it. And then I was like, you know, I greeted him. I don't remember what I said. And he's like, hello. He said, what's this? And I said, this? This is Tiny Christopher. And he said, Tiny Christopher, uh, with his northern accent. And he grabs it, looks into the camera with a confused look, and I just go, and they snap the picture. It's one of the most priceless things that I own. It's absolutely beautiful. Also, a few years ago, got the opportunity to get my photo with John Hurt, who played the War Doctor uh, for the 50th anniversary special, um, who uh, unfortunately has now uh, passed away, rest his soul. Um, but, uh, you know, and that was a time when Christopher Eccleston was supposed to play that role, and then they couldn't get him for, again, a whole story there. So these are really fun, intimate experiences that you can have, even if they're just a few moments, it's still very genuine. And it's not just snap the photo, leave, snap the photo, leave, snap the photo, leave. Yeah, no, I, I, I think this is so funny that you brought a tiny Eccleston because I don't know if you know what I did, but I brought a full life size cardboard cutout of Eccleston's doctor for my photo with him. So it's the exact opposite and brought it into the photo. And then in the photo, we only looked at the cardboard cutout like, oh, my God, look who it is. And he's standing off to the side, just confused. That's amazing. Uh, I have that same cardboard cutout. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, photo ops are great. Um, and uh, uh, let me move on to. OK, I'm just keeping an eye on the time. Uh, other special guests, Chris Chibnall. Uh, whose name is not Chinball, but Chibnall. And uh, he's an executive producer, showrunner for uh, all of Jodie Whittaker's seasons, uh, series 11 through 13. Uh, he had previously co-produced uh, the Doctor Who spinoff Torch Torchwood, 
uh, with former Doctor Who showrunner and now future or the new Doctor Who showrunner, uh, Russell T. Davies. Excuse me. <clears throat> had a frog in my throat. Um, he also created, uh, Chris also created the British detective drama Broadchurch, which starred David Tennant and Olivia Coleman. And uh, that show also featured Jodie Whittaker. Uh, so he had worked with her prior to uh, them both being on Doctor Who. And he, before that, he had also wrote multiple scripts for Doctor Who during the David Tennant and Matt Smith eras uh, before taking over as the showrunner. Katie, you getting a photo with Chris Chibnall? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I might pass on that just to save a little money, but I would love to meet him and pick his brain if that comes up. I would love to hear about the 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 process, you know, behind this most recent season especially um everything's just so differently laid out and uh very unique he just brought a very unique spin to everything so i, I would <laughs> i would be really interested to ask him questions yeah um i'm gonna rattle off some more of the of the guests and i think wasn't russell t davies there a few years ago and just like hanging out at the bar or something like that or who was oh, yeah. that that was yeah I think, it, I think it was so it's like you might have that opportunity to ask <laughs> the showrunner of Doctor Who. Hey, where'd you get that idea? Stephen like, Moffat. He was oh, also there. Okay, that's who it was. Yeah. It was Stephen Moffat. That's who yeah. it was. Um, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's you get those opportunities. It's so weird. I'm going to list off some of the other uh, special guests that are going to be there, and we can kind of talk about uh, thoughts. Um, Colin Baker, who was the sixth Doctor. Uh, hey, there's a picture. Uh, from 1984 to 1986, he also returned for the 1993 special Dimensions in Time and later the Audio Adventures, uh, which he continues to this day. Uh, we also have Bonnie Langford, who played Doctor Who companion Melanie Bush to the sixth and seventh Doctors, which were Colin Baker and Sylvester McCoy. Uh, and <laughs> those were kind of the highlights. There's over 40 other special guests coming to this show including Craig Ells, who played Carbonista in the most recent season. He is a Lupari alien uh, who looks like a giant fuzzy dog. Um, also, Jamie Magnus Stone, who directed most of the episodes in the uh, most recent season. Uh, randomly, Chase Masterson from Star Trek Deep Space Nine is going to be there, which I'm not mad at. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, She also appeared in the Doctor Who audio adventures, so that's her connection. Um, Gigi Edgeley, who played... Uh, I'm not a Farscape fan, so I don't know how to pronounce this name. Chiana, Kiana in Farscape. Anybody a Farscape fan? Sorry. Yeah. Okay, that's okay. Um, and many more producers, directors, actors, writers, novelists, illustrators for comics and books, et cetera, et cetera, including but not limited to the Doctor Who universe. And that is another thing about this. You'll get uh, special signings and appearances by people from Star Trek, Starscape, or Farscape, um, various different sci-fi franchises. Um, yeah, any, anybody in that list, or did you get a chance to look at the website at all? Anybody that you might find interesting or intriguing on there? Or? Not yet, but I will note that even though it's a Doctor Who convention, you see a wide variety of cosplays at this convention for oh, yeah. other fandoms. This is, you know, no one's going to judge you for, you know, wearing your, you know, Hunger Games or, you know, like whatever you show up as, you know, in your Star Wars Jedi outfit. So it's it's really fun to just be yourself in this environment of nerds. Well, I wanted to add that that is so much as Doctor Who is technically the longest running sci-fi program. Mm -hmm. 
how much to other fandoms have been borrowed from Doctor Who. I mean, these creators of those shows, probably as their kid, their sci-fi experience was Doctor Who and original Star Trek and stuff like that. So, yes, enjoy that fandom because it's all coming from some of the same places. Absolutely. And um, sorry, I was just looking at other messages from people. My fault. Um, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, uh, it started at the same time as James Bond. What was it, 1962, I think? Mm -hmm. Doctor, I always think of, oh, it started the same year as uh, Doctor No. And, you know, that was before Star Trek. That was well before Star Wars. It was before uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica and all these things. And they all, in some ways, there were props from Doctor Who as part of the set for the cantina for star wars uh a new hope like they shot in this like on the same back lot as doctor who so it's there, is there were so costumes as well that were repurposed exactly um so yeah so the, you know i i think you're absolutely right you hit, the, you hit it on the head there bruce there is so much of our modern sci-fi that that can trace its roots back to some inspiration from Doctor Who, which is what makes it so amazing. And what, why there's, you know, it's such a great show and there's such a dedicated fan base and that's why it has, you know, spawned all this. So uh, Katie Potter, you are attending, I'm attending. What are you interested in this year? Are you interested in celebrity photo ops, signings, panels, special meetups? What are you interested in this year? Everything. I think everything. I mean, normally, I will say, as a cosplayer, I would normally spend months up until Galley just coming up with some new crazy costume. And this year was just really rough. This year was just a lot. Uh, I actually ended up spending months on a different costume for a different fandom, uh, which was great. It turned out wonderful. It was one of the most uh, detailed costumes I've ever made. So I'm proud of it, but it also meant that I didn't really get to, you know, focus on something new for this one. Um, but I have in the past and I'm very proud. I have entered the costume contest before. I've won the con costume contest before with a Donna Noble. Uh, she's a companion. Um, I actually built, uh, I, I learned how to use electronics uh, and moving parts in costumes. And I built a moving beetle that moved oh, and glowed and made noise and sound on on my back um, and carried that around and it was just incredible um, that was really fun to do but i don't think i could ever top that yeah. so <laughs> this year the only thing that i'm bringing that's new is donna noble's new outfit that we have no idea how um how she reappears but she's she's coming back if you've seen the trailer and uh, I have I have matched that outfit, so I'm very excited to show that off. I'm very excited to meet new people, meet new fans, hand out ribbons. That's something we should probably mention. Yes, we're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into that in a little bit. I promise. Yes, um, very excited to to meet people through ribbons. So, yeah. Um, and uh, Bruce, I know you're not uh, going this year, but uh, not this year. What are some things you'd be excited about if you were going or looking forward to the next time you go? Well, honestly, just the fandom themselves. I all the past experiences I had and why I would go again is the cosplay and the companionship between the fandoms groups themselves. As I said, I read last time I got randomly pulled into 
this LARP that was just running through the whole thing. It was the people themselves. Yes, it's wonderful, and it's great to get to see the actors, the showrunners, and it makes those special moments, but for the overall con itself, it is the people who attend that make it so special. And for next year, I'm help myself and my wife are making brand new Cybermen suits. Yes, I cannot oh, wait to see that. That is awesome. Oh, uh, we've just received... Okay, so two things. I'm going to hit the pause button uh, real quick on our continuing discussion. Two things. One thing popped up on my screen, which I assume Jim put there. Interested in helping out at Gallifrey One for a few hours? Gallifrey is once again asking for assistance both with the truck loading on Wednesday and setting up on Thursday. I assume that comes from the Gallifrey One website. Uh, and also, second point, we've just been joined by Tom. Tom, do you want me to use your last name or no? Uh, I'm just the Tom C. Hi, everybody. Sorry, I was a little stuck out there in the time vortex, a little wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, Tom, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I had originally introduced you or, or said that you were from that hashtag show and you would be joining us later. But uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit more of your bona fides and your uh, uh, your projects. So right now I am uh, with that hashtag show. I'm their resident ranger writer, but I also uh, am a huge fan of many, many things in pop culture. Rangers being number one. Uh, Doctor Who for me was a big thing when I was growing up as a kid. I would watch it on PBS, uh, you know, on the weekends. And then when I found out that it came out back with uh, Eccleston, I was stoked. The downside was is that I was the only person in my general group that uh, had any semblance of it. And I've been watching it religiously ever since. Nice. But trust me, my, my, the rest of my nerd cred resume is I can't move my camera, but trust me, it's there. <laughs> now, uh, Tom, you're uh, you're joining us from the East Coast, right? That's correct. It is uh, almost midnight. Oh my goodness! Well, thank you for staying up late to join us tonight. We're happy to have you here. Have you ever attended the Gallifrey One convention in Los Angeles before? I wish I was able to get out there. I've heard about it many times when I used to live out down in San Diego. Um, things being as they were, I didn't have the opportunity to. But to have the chance to get to get out to Gallifrey to be among my people, absolutely. Um, I was fortunate enough to go out to another convention uh, later, well, late last year, or you know, just recently out in LA, and to finally go to a convention that's not just a specific general convention like New York or LA or any of the other ones. To to have one that is just one thing to be there among everybody that it has a genuine love and appreciation for a franchise really brings a whole different aspect to it and correct me if i'm wrong that was power morphicon was it not you are correct sir that's what i was gonna ask <laughs> no not at all no no so i, mean, I was just rearranging all my figures tonight there you go there you go and i don't know can you oh you can kind of wait there's my i've got uh i've got the dragon sword the original megazord and then i have the the white tiger sword and the i can't even remember what these were called but it was like the fantasy characters the dragon and the the red dragon and the griffin and the unicorn and yep, all that so stuff. those are the thunder zords of season two the thunder zords that's what it was called i would have known that normally but my brain's in doctor who right now right that's so, okay um but you've actually joined us at the perfect time tom because we're just wrapping up our discussion about the gallifrey one convention and we were just going to move into a general Doctor Who nerd fest. So you've actually sprung in at just the right time. Uh, exactly. Just to, just to wrap up about the ribbons as well. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Oh yes, I have that right here. So 
Um, if you are attending or have attended in the past, uh, this kind of rolls into what I was talking about. What are your favorite parts of Gallifrey One? Now, Katie, you you're really Katie Potter. You're really keen on uh, talking about the ribbons. I love the ribbons. I haven't made any for this year, but I'm 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 kind of casually going to Gallifrey this year. Uh, tell the people because the fans want to know. The people are clamoring. Explain the ribbons to us. So, ribbon trading and ribbon meeting people through ribbons is kind of a. It's not a required thing. You don't have to bring these to the convention to attend. It's just something for fun that people started doing. And I don't know what convention necessarily started this trend, um, but it is a trend that has taken place in many, many conventions across the country, across the world, that people started doing. Uh, every convention you have a badge that you get with your name on it when you attend. And people started making custom uh, ribbons. They're actually just you know colorful ribbons with phrases or photos. Um, images, funny things, or, you know, maybe even just their, their hashtag or their, you know, how to find them or how to be friends with them. Um, but it, there's a variety of things you could put on there. Really, there's no limit. Um, they're all about the same size, the same width as, as the badge, and they're, you know, sticky at the top. So you just start connecting all of them in a line. And pretty soon you have a whole entire roll of ribbons because you're trading with people and you're meeting people through that. And it's just a really fun game that people bring with them to, you know, have a have a laugh or, you know, run around and, and try and collect every single one. And I know every year at Gallifrey specifically, whoever the guests are, they really get into it because all of the fans usually bring them their ribbons first. They want them to have, you know, Jody Whitaker is going to probably have a million ribbons by the end of it because everyone will just start handing her <laughs> ribbons. Um, and I know some of them, like John Barrowman, got really competitive one year where he was determined to have the most ribbons out of the entire convention. Uh, and it spanned the entire length of the main ballroom where, you know, it was just, he, he wanted to have the most. And it is just for fun. I mean, you can take those home, you can put them up on your wall and, you know, look fondly at them or you can throw them away, whatever you want. But, you know, people pay money for these just to, to, to have fun with it. I... I've actually you gotta uh, have a role of, somewhere. Uh, I've heard of people actually creating vests and clothing out of the collection of ribbons they've nice. had. Yes, I've seen those. They're incredible. One I've done that with my right <laughs> He's gonna find them. Mine are unfortunately at my house on the other side of the country. So I uh, <laughs> I'm already in California, ready for Gallifrey. Oh, you want me to go go grab them for you? I'll ship them out. Yeah, yeah. Be great. There's there's about a, there's an entire box because I've been doing galley since 2013, I think. So I, I've saved every single roll. Okay, here's an example. So this is from uh the 31 flavors of Gallifrey one. So I believe that was 2019. 2019. Um, and so this is an example. Uh well, first of all, the, the convention badge right here, and then you can pick what's Ooh. printed on your convention badge. Mine says bananas are good. Uh, and then these are the ribbons. So people will just go around. It's fairly inexpensive to order. Now, for those of you who are watching it right now, you can kind of see how it is. For those of you who are listening, it's not a long ribbon that you're attaching lengthwise end to end. These are widthwise. They're the width of the badge, and they have a little adhesive strip on the top. And you just continue to attach them on the bottom of the previous one. And as uh, Katie Potter was saying, 
everybody brings these. They start to put like duct tape on the back of them to hold them together. And they so will. Happy. That's my ribbon. That second one down is my ribbon. <laughs> this one here? I made that one, yeah. Nice. This is the. Yeah. Oh, it's the love one. Oh, love is love is love is love. Oh, yep. yeah, that's right. I love that one. Um, so much love. Happy Valentine's Day Eve. Um, and so when when we're talking about everybody brings a ribbon and everybody collects them and just starts sticking them on and they're running the entire length of the of the ballroom or the lobby or whatever, you're, you're talking about one inch at a time, basically, maybe an inch and a quarter tops. And uh, so it is wild. It is a fun, fun tradition. And it is even better when the celebrities get into it and try to collect them all. Uh, Got to catch them all, if you will. And and there's no requirement, especially if it's your first time. Just tell people that it's your first time and people will give you a ribbon. They want you to get into it. So don't don't feel bad. And you don't have to have them. Like, I didn't have ribbons. And then I was like, this is fun. This is cool. Let me come up with something funny. You know, and so I think I had, oh, one year I had, nice to meet you, Rose. Uh, what was it? What's the line? Nice to meet you, Rose. Something about exploding. It's Nine's first line to Rose in the in the reboot pilot. Okay. Um, oh gosh, my brain is scrambled today. I did a lot of elliptical earlier. Okay. So, nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. That's what it is. Second screen. <laughs> Thank you. Um, my sister did the ribbon thing at ALA. Yes. And as we said, thank you, Andy Haro, for, for chiming in. Um, it, it is more than just the, um, uh, it is art from that hashtag show just texted me dat flash trailer dough. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, it is something that happens at more, uh, at many conventions. It's just, it's become this whole animal in and of itself at, at, um, Gallifrey one. Yeah. Um, I think that they did some of it at, I can't remember if it was LA Comic-Con like two years ago. Um, I remember there was one convention that I went to with Emily and there were some booths that were passing out ribbons. And then there was some vendors that were, and I think that the vendors who were are probably the people who have vended at other conventions that do that. Um, and I was really excited because they don't do that at WonderCon and Comic-Con. So I was like, I finally get ribbons. <laughs> I don't like, I don't know what they're for, but just like I have ribbons and I felt like I finally understood what people got to participate in. They are for having, that's all they're for. They're for having, and that's fun. And that's fine mm -hmm. in and of itself. Um, so, all right. We have about 20, 25 minutes left in the show. Uh, Katie Potter or Bruce, anything uh, that you want to mention about Gallifrey one convention in particular that you want to cover before we move on to just general who nerdiness? I think we did a pretty good job. I mean, it's, it's truly one of the few cons that even though how much it's bigger, it's gotten over time, it's still a small con and you get that closeness and you really get to know your community. And that's what makes it so much fun. It's true. I would say that, if you are planning to go for next year, buy your tickets early. They will sell out. Buy it and be ready online for when the hotels go online as well. Uh, it really makes a difference staying at that hotel. Um, you can stay at nearby hotels and, and walk to those too as well. Um, but getting a room there at the hotel where the con is taking place is is just 
beneficial in so many ways, um, but they also sell out pretty fast. So you really have to be on top of it and kind of plan ahead for this convention. It's not one that you can just last minute, which, you know, a lot of cosplayers do last minute things. I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> one caveat I will say, because traditionally we've stayed uh, actually across the street at the Embassy Suites and walked over to the Marriott. Um, we did stay at the Marriott one year, which was wonderful, save for the elevator situation. Oh my gosh. Because the elevators are so busy uh, because people take the elevators down to the ballroom floor, up to the main lobby, the secondary level, which has some, some stuff going on, and then up to the rooms, and people are constantly coming up and down. Even with, like, I think it's like six or eight elevator bays, it's still kind of a cluster so that was the big thing for us when we were like "Ooh, the elevators are taking so long at one point i almost said i'm going to use the stairs and then i remembered we were on like the 13th floor or something and i was like no that's no i'm not going to do that i'll just wait um but other than that it is beautiful and wonderful to stay at that hotel uh, in the center of all the action all right positive note sometimes you get stuck in the elevators with the con guests there you go that's happened many times um, yeah, actually, I didn't even think about that. That would be a great advantage, wouldn't it? All right. So, uh, we've wrapped up our discussion of the Gallifrey One convention. Um, Katie, Christine, did we convince you to go next year? Um, maybe. I don't <laughs> want to say yes or no. Um, it is easier now that I have weekends off at work, um, for me to do these things. I haven't been used to that for ever. So I kind of forget sometimes that, like, I don't have to ask the day off anymore to go to these on like Saturdays and Sundays. So one of these years there and or Wasteland, it'll happen eventually. That's all I'm going to say. There you go. <laughs> and the Tom C, how about you? When are you showing up to Gallifrey One? When my wife says I can. Fair answer. <laughs> Fair no, answer. It, it, it's, it's, we've been very fortunate. Uh, things have, have been able to change for me in the past uh year or so so i have a little more flexibility to be able to go to different uh shows and conventions and once i can when we you'll see i'll segue back to it um i gotta get my wife back into the franchise a little bit to convince her it's all good it's all good shouldn't be too tall of a task it, it can suck you in pretty quick if you're if you if you know you get started with it i actually my wife got me into doctor who um i had never watched i'd always heard of it never watched it um and then my wife and I went to Disneyland. This is when we were first dating. We went to Disneyland and we were going on the Toy Story um, Midway Mania in California Adventure. And so we had a bet and uh, we said, okay, what are the terms of the bet? And she said, well, if I win, you have to watch the first season of Doctor Who, meaning the 2005 Christopher Eccleston reboot. And she and I said, well, what if I win? She said, well, what do you want me to watch? And I said, you have to watch all of Clerks, the cartoon series, which is only six episodes. Um, and she beat me. She beat me on Toy Story Midway Mania. Um, I think fairly soundly, which as a Midwest boy, I was a little bit embarrassed about. Um, and uh, so I ended up starting with Chris Eccleston, starting with Rose and i was hooked and then the following year 2016 we went to gallifrey and i've been going ever since uh except for the year they didn't have it and last year because we were still a little nervous about uh covid but uh so excited to get uh going back this year now let's talk who the tv show uh the thing that's brought us all here to begin with first of all 
Has everybody watched the trailer for the new season, Series 14? I don't know if I've watched the trailer for that. Oh, but you do kind of know what drops in it, right? Yeah, I mean, I've seen, like, stuff. I've seen stuff, so it's probably, maybe I have. So the big the big ticket item right now, David Tennant's return as the Doctor, yes. but this time he's the fourteenth Doctor, not yeah. returning as the tenth Doctor, uh, as well as Catherine Tate coming back as Donna Noble. It looks like it's going to be a storyline uh, of of you know the Doctor and Donna, but he's a different Doctor, but the same. What are our thoughts on this, guys? Like, wh what's going on? I'll go first. Go for it. Okay. So I'm just wondering if this was the whole idea that uh, what Moffat did by coming back with the little seeds that were sown during the 50th anniversary special, because who knows, you know, you'll revisit some old faces. Mm, yes. I'm wondering if this is going to be his way to circumvent some particular choice writing and tie up a few things before we segue to the 15th. And that was, was it the fourth doctor? Tom Baker. Yep. Tom Baker. Yeah. Uh, Tom Baker, who told him you might see some familiar faces, or some old faces, um, which was great. And the, of course the 50th anniversary special. Awesome. Um, which, which could tie in Peter Capaldi's face as well, because we yeah. had seen him in a previous episode as an actor, as a different character. Yeah. And then okay. he comes back mm -hmm. as the doctor and he's just like, why this face? Well, and they did, uh, exactly, they wrote that into an episode, acknowledging that he had appeared in a different role earlier in the series, yeah. um, which is just fun. Like, and that's an example of like the showrunners knowing their audience. They're like, they're, they're gonna know you were in the show. And so why don't we call it out? You know, never mind, it's in his third season, but still, like, <laughs> um, any other thoughts on David Tennant's return and Catherine Tate? Um, I mean, Obviously, I'm excited that they are coming back. There's no question about that. Um, as far as like the once again doing someone coming back to a different doctor or someone breaking up the quote unquote pattern, um, I think it's going to be wait and see on like how it's um, how it's done. Like, is it going to be successful or is it going to be too complex or is it going to be you know, as long as it's well rounded out and everything is explained and it's not giving us more questions and answers, et cetera, then I think it's going to be fine. It's just in the past, sometimes these these changes or choices they've made have not had a payout. Yeah. And I mean, I think we all know Doctor Who has a tendency in the past to go a little bit into the too complex, let's back it off a little bit range. Yeah. But, um, you know, they, they have a tendency then to correct a little ways later. It doesn't always fix everything, but we accept it. We go along with it because we love it. Um, also from the 60th anniversary tra trailer, freaking Neil Patrick Harris. As so the, excited. Apparently the villain. Uh, I'm so excited. Like, oh. If I was casting an all-American cast of Doctor Who, I might cast Neil Patrick Harris as Doctor Who. But fortunately, we won't get that because they'd just ruin it. Um, well, maybe they would. Maybe they wouldn't. I actually like the show. Well, Ghost. It, depends who, it depends on who does it. Right, right. So we first uh, need a ginger, then an American. Yeah, yes, yeah, please exactly. give us a ginger. Yes. Um, so excited about that yes please is that lemony no that looks that like, it looks like lemony snicket though i, I think that's a it picture does. of him with lemony snicket that's 
That's no, not that, that's no. him from the Toy Man or Toy yeah. Maker, whatever the character. Yeah. Is that one. Yeah. Yes. yeah, I think he was older as Lemony Snicket. Um, <laughs> and then we've also had an announcement of who the 15th Doctor will be. Uh, he is an actor named Shuti Gatwa. I looked up the pronunciation. That's how you pronounce it. Shuti Gatwa. Uh, he is playing the 15th Doctor. Uh, of course, uh, we can acknowledge he is going to be the first uh, Doctor of Color. Mm -hmm. uh, he is a black man uh, going to be uh, portraying the Doctor. Uh, and I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I also believe he is a queer man. Is that correct? I don't know. <laughs> Google. I'm somewhere. not positive about that, but I know he played a queer character in a previous show. Um, but I'm not positive. But also I don't I don't know if he technically counts as the first uh, uh, doctor of color because they introduced someone else previously. <laughs> they surprised True. us and said that she came first. Yeah. So, so we did have uh, I think I, I, real quick apologies. I think I misconstrued it because his uh, Shuti Gatwa was known previously for playing uh, a famously queer character. Uh, for some reason, I conflated that with uh, the Doctor character. Um, but to Katie Potter's point, yes, we did have an, a, a pre-incarnation of the Doctor in the last two series. Uh, who Joe was Martin. a uh, say that again? Joe Martin. Joe Martin, who was a who was Future a black Doctor. Woman. Uh, yep. who is a pre-first Doctor version of the Doctor in a past mm -hmm. life that we have now discovered the Doctor has had and ha does not know about because his slash her memories were erased prior to that point. So um, also looking forward to them covering that going on in future seasons as well. Um, but also uh, Shuti Gatwa playing the first Doctor of Color as a, a continuing series lead, maybe I should say. Um, similar to Donna Noble being the first female Doctor, but only in a couple of episodes. Um, then Jody being the first full-on episodic female Doctor. In a similar way, Shuti Gatwa going to be playing the first Doctor of Color. How do you feel about this? I'm excited about it. I think he's a great actor. If you've looked up his other stuff, like they always nail it with actors for these castings. That's and how I absolutely feel is that what a great choice. I mean, of course, there's always certain people in the back of my mind by going, oh no, they're gotten too old at this point. This but when they came out with that one, yes. And the thing is, same thing with Jody. Jody was just such a wonderful fit and such a a breath of fresh air from Capaldi's doctor and you had such a, and so everybody's take on, okay, here's somebody just compared to other actors that have done it before is out of left field. What is he going to bring? And that makes it so exciting because every actor brings their own thing and they have always nailed the right actors. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think you look at this character you know, somebody asked uh, Christopher Eccleston a number of years ago when he was still separating himself from the series, they said, oh, how do you feel about uh, uh, Doctor Who and, and David Tennant and, and Matt Smith and all these doctors, these actors who played the doctor after you? And, and you're you're not you didn't you haven't come back. You haven't reconnected with the series. And he said, well, there is 
a lot of me in the series and you see it in David Tennant, you see it in Matt Smith. Um, and I think that's true. You see a through line of the character mm -hmm. of the doctor themselves that carries through all these actors who portray the role very differently and with very different uh, uh, characterizations, but there's still this core character of who the doctor is as a person that flows through all these different actors that really makes it interesting and fun to watch. Uh, for sure. And I've actually seen him uh, in Sex Edu Education, his previous show, um, and he was a lot younger. So I'm really excited to see him as, you know, this adult character, like moving forward with his acting career, because he sounds incredible. Uh, and he does an incredible job, you know, growing up with that show as well. So I'm just really excited to to see the change in character and just the variety that he can bring. Very excited. Uh, anybody else, any comments on Shudi Gatwa before we move on to the next topic? I, I just, just... Oh, go ahead, Tom. Ladies first, please. Okay. Ladies first. I was going to say, you know, everybody always is like, I don't like this person. I don't know how to feel about this person. And like you guys kind of mentioned, it's always, everyone's always proven wrong. Like they always don't like, maybe don't like him at first, but then once they get into the seasons, that's when they start to like the doctor. I mean, it's happened consistently um in in as in the history of the doctor uh i also like that doctor who knows what it is it knows its fan base and they don't have to rely on these massive a-list people to be the doctor because they don't need it and i think that's something special too because in so many franchises at this point they would have to be bringing in this big name for people to continue to watch doctor who doesn't need to do that because of its history and because of its fans and that's special I want to add something onto that. In fact, Eccleston was one of the first big names That's to true. play the Doctor. He already had a career in movies and TV prior to the Doctor. So it was fascinated watching him do it. But other ones didn't become famous until really Doctor Who came out. Mm -hmm. um, of course, you know, we have, you know, actors that are nowadays household names because of they've appeared on Doctor Who. Yep. Well, and just look at, I mean, this is kind of a, 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 a fun comparison to make, but how many doctors have appeared in the Marvel Universe now? Chris Eccleston was Malekith in yeah. Thor. Uh, David Tennant was the Purple Man in uh, Oh, right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, Matt Smith was in... Oh no, he was in. Um, he was in a the vampire movie with Jared Leto. Yeah, the one Morbius. that's not part of the MCU. Morbius. Yeah. It's, still, it's Morbius. still Marvel, but it's not MCU. Um, correct, correct. Um, and then uh, on the up on the other side, Peter Capaldi was in the Suicide Squad mm -hmm. as uh, Brainiac, I think. Uh, um, was, yes. Um, he was a different character. It wasn't Brainiac. It was Brain Man. Mind maker, man. I'm just improving at this point. Anyway. Well, Eccleston was also Destro for the G.I. Joe movies. That's right. I forgot about that. The Thinker. Capaldi was the Thinker. The thinker, that's his name. Brainiac is a different, but still DC character, right? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it was at least in the right universe on that one. Um, so uh, real quick. Uh, oh, did anybody have any? Oh, Tom, you had one more thought that you wanted to say on Shuti, I think. 
my big thing that I really want to see is with Shudi taking over the role is that I think they used uh, Jody's season as a really good litmus test for trying different styles of writing and trying to see how they can fit things in, especially with having the first full-time female doctor. Now that we do have a person of color in the role, I think if he stays on for more than two or three seasons, I really want to see honestly some stories having to deal with the fact that now that he's a black man you know there there are some historical things i would like some smart writing in regards to that yeah and and that would not be i think you're absolutely right because they had uh, storylines that dealt with race and gender uh in the last few seasons even with going back to capaldi's season with bill mm -hmm. um as his companion and i don't think they ever covered anything with I can't remember if they covered anything with race with Martha Jones. Um, no, not really. I don't think, I don't think so. so. Yeah, but uh, they did. I know they they touched on it with Bill, and they they had the Rosa Parks episode with Jody's Doctor and that sort of thing. So I think it is interesting to see them taking on more. Um, wow, what's the word I'm looking for? Just more like uh, socially aware episodes. Yes, yeah. more more social topics like this um, that uh, are affecting us and that we're discussing in real life. You know, it's not it's not Cybermen, it's not Daleks, it's not Suntorans, it's race, it's sexuality, it's gender, it's people. You know, mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really interesting to see Doctor Who tackle. And I think they did have an, a unique opportunity to do that with Jodie being the first uh, full time female Doctor. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I agree with you, uh, the Tom C, uh, that I think that would be interesting to see them approach that uh, with having a, a black man playing the doctor. I think that would be fascinating. Um, As Tom was, you know, and both of you were saying, that's what makes it so great. And what makes Doctor Who so great is that they're willing to go, hey, before everybody else, we're giving you the first superhero or sci-fi main lead to a woman. Now we're going to give it to a, a person of color. What can they do next? And us still go, we're accepting it. We love this because they honestly, they haven't done it wrong. Thank you much, Bruce. That's a great way to cap that off. Moving on to less socially conscious things. New Doctor Who logo. There's a new logo. Have you seen it? It looks exactly like the old logo from the 70s, except different colors. Did they phone it in on this one, guys? I mean, it looks like Paw Patrol, but that's just... <laughs> that's what it looks like. I could not... I could not figure it out, but that's totally it. Mm -hmm. it. It looks like the mouse's Disney Plus colors bled over onto the Doctor Who logo. Yeah. Well, it is going to be on Disney Plus now. Yeah, it is. I'm not a I'm not a fan of it, honestly. Synergy, synergy. It kind of looks like. There it, it is. Too like. I don't want to say CGI, but like it looks too clean and crisp, and I don't know. It's weird. That's a weird thing to say. I know. I just I'm not a big fan of it. It's fine. Is that they're trying to make it like almost weirdly a throwback, like they're throwing back to an older doctor, uh, older actor playing the doctor, kind of giving it a retro look, feel. That's yeah. the only one I can attribute it, it It is literally the exact same logo, because this is the classic, like, what was this, the 70s, I think, logo? Mm -hmm. And then 
but they just made it darker and blue. It just looks. And... I don't know how to explain it. Like I, I like the old logo better than this. Um, I don't mind. I don't, know, I don't know if it's just the color choices or what. I don't know. There's just something about it I don't like. I don't know exactly why. But it's just not my favorite. I I think they're trying to kind of hearken this n- nostalgia. I think mm-hmm. um, yeah. to I don't think it's necessarily a message of like we're taking you back or something like that. I think they were just like, Oh, let's use a retro logo. Like, you know, half the NBA is doing right now, but um, it's to choose that one's a little weird after we had the previous like four or five new logos Mm -hmm. that they came out with since 2005. Um, Round table. uh, We're going to go around the room. Who is your doctor? Now let's start with Tom. Let's start with the Tom C who is your doctor. Matt Smith. Matt Smith. Give us a quick rundown of why Matt Smith. If you're watching this right now, Matt Smith is on the right side of your screen there. The 11th doctor. So as much as people like David Tennant's the doctor for my wife. Um, And also side note, we actually did our walk into our wedding reception to the BBC Wales Doctor Who theme song. So, I mean, it is a part of our relationship. That's why I said I got to get her back to things. (laughs) Anyhow, Matt Smith, for me, um, Tenet did great, and he had a lot of a great great emotion. But what Matt Smith brought to the table is I'm a vet, and I can see the things of the war doctor weighing on Matt Smith. And I can see the joyful playfulness that he brings to it, too. The way he was able to portray two sides of the same person, I see a lot of myself in. So that's why he's the doctor for me. Awesome. Awesome. Bruce, how about you? Who's your doctor? Well, as much as I love some, you know, Tennant and Smith, I have to give it up for my original doctor that got me into the fandom. That is Tom Baker. Yes. Uh, Just his quirkiness, his delivery, to just his own personal look was strange and unusual in his own way. And it just like, I have to watch more. And his delivery just made you believe. Now, I think Tom Baker was fourth from the left on the previous yes. picture. He's the yeah. fourth doctor, right? Yeah. yeah. With Big curly hair. Yeah. With a scarf, the very long scarf. The very long scarf that has a wonderful story to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as he wanted a scarf, this woman found out he was going to be laying Doctor Who, got so excited, and forgot to stop. <laughs> that's great. And just kept going. And Deliver goes, I'm sorry. He goes, oh, that's great. Okay. <laughs> like, went for it. Give me he was this pretty scarf. tall, right? Yeah, I think yeah. it was over six foot. And that, it's I mean, long. It's a long scarf. Yeah, it even, is. Even when it's tied around him, it's still long. Still touching the floor. Yeah. And uh, Katie Potter, who is your doctor? So if I can choose Dr. Donna, I'm going to go with that. If I'm allowed, because I'm a huge fan of Catherine Tate and a huge fan of Donna Noble. Uh, I find myself in that character so often. Uh, so much so that when I first started watching this character, I hated her. Um, and then it grew, she just grew on me so much and I just fell in love. Um, but also David Tennant. Like he's just... He's so fun and just, I mean, he's angry as well, but he brings this this range of emotions that I just absolutely connected to. 
Well, and the story with David Tennant's so great because in a nutshell, he yeah. was a Doctor Who fan growing up. And then he's married to the daughter of another Doctor Who. Yep. Like, <clears throat> who also played his daughter in the show, mm -hmm. which is weird. Uh, yeah. But um, there's not that big of an age gap. It was like a time thing. But anyway. Right. Um, but yeah. And so... Uh, and and so it doesn't surprise me that he's coming back as the 14th doctor because he does love it so much. He loves this franchise. And, and uh, you know, I think uh, he would say that he owes a lot of who he is just growing up and who he's become as a performer to doctor who. And, and I know he just loves it so much. So he's, he's a great, great doctor to have as your doctor. Uh, Katie, Christine, who's your doctor? Um, despite what I'm wearing, <laughs> my favorite is Matt Smith. Um, I started watching, so obviously I, I mentioned earlier that I, when people told me to check out the show, originally I tried to start with Eccleston and I just couldn't really get into it. So I did skip forward to go to Tenant, And then eventually I did go back and of course watch the first, uh, the season with Eccleston. But even though technically I started with Tenant, I consider Matt my first doctor in the sense that it was the first time I had to watch the show live every week. The first time I had to deal with a regeneration when it happened and not after it had already been filmed and so to me i think that's also why i resonated with matt smith because that that episode just just completely broke me his regeneration just completely broke me and i mean that's saying something because tenants regeneration of course has a special place in everyone's heart but well, also, let's look I, at his dreamy eyes mm. i just also really appreciated his Everybody always said he was never angry. And I don't like that argument because I think Absolutely. he had a more downstated anger yeah. in the way he carried his character than what we were used to with Tenant. Because in the episode with the Daleks and Asylum of the Daleks, when he's like, you won't kill your own species. Like, that's your line. And he's so mad because they've killed how many other species off. And that's when I'm like, how can you tell me that he was not angry? He was. It's just a little bit more quietly, more reserved than what we were used to. And I just, just, I just like, I just love Matt Smith's character a lot. And I did get to meet him, but it was for Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, not for Doctor Who. But I was like, wait, he's in that. I'm a Doctor Who fan. I'm going to go meet Matt Smith. And I did get to meet him and it was it was wonderful. I love that. He has That's some of awesome. the, the best speeches. Yes. His really are out of all of it. I mean, really. Okay. Let's be honest. Some of the best one-liners come mm -hmm. from Matt Smith. Dromino, yeah. Fez, uh, Fez's are cool and bow ties are cool. I mean, yeah. you can't go wrong. Think about, oh. think about when the first time he finally appeared dressed up, he pretty much said to the Atraxi, F around and find out. <laughs> You're not and I wrong. feel like Matt Smith did bring in a lot of new, a lot of new fans into the fan base too, um, because he did have those catchy things that people could, you know, watch one episode, and he had a charisma that drew people in too. So I think that that was special and helped helped them grow the fan base as well. Well, I think another advantage for him then was that was when all of a sudden the show started becoming big and all of a sudden the production value went mm -hmm. way up. The special effects got better. Um, you know, the presentation in general was better. Uh, and I, I don't want to say like the writing and the acting was better because it, it had been really good up until that point. Yeah. But the product, just the visual production value of the show skyrocketed 
Matt Smith's first season because that's when they started getting real big BBC yep. money. Um, <laughs> and uh, just to wrap this up, uh, I had a, a, a few more questions to ask, but we have filled our hour and then some, and we don't <laughs> want to uh, keep everybody up uh, too late, especially the Tom C who's joining us from the East Coast. I'm good. Let's now. keep going. <laughs> well, then I'm the off tomorrow. Gets- um uh well and in our uh facebook comments uh james uh jim fry has asked me ben who's your doctor which i was about to uh to cap off the conversation by telling you and it it is christopher eggleston the ninth doctor you know i started i had no previous experience with doctor who and and my wife said watch the the pilot of the reboot the 2005 rose and she said and it's it gets better and the pilot is a little clunky it's a little (laughs) early 2000s british television you know and even though you've got such weird stuff like uh, the mannequins and then like the slavine with the big clunky (laughs) latex rubber suits and they have to fart all the time and all that weird stuff that that comes in those episodes um you see this guy, as Tom was saying, uh, I think it was either Tom or Bruce was saying, you see this guy who's already had a pretty celebrated career as a British actor in film and television come in to play this iconic role. And he just came in. He's a dramatic actor. This is considered at the time a show for children. And he comes in and just takes it by the reins. And I do see, uh, I am not a vet, by the way, Tom, thank you for your service. Uh, but I do see some of that that war doctor, that dealing with PTSD, that anger, but that uh, that gentleness in Christopher Eccleston's performance. And that's part of because of the type of actor uh, Christopher Eccleston is. He, he has incredible depth um, and incredible emotional range because he's also very silly in the show, which is such a fun part that has continued on through every actor who's played Doctor Who, both in the classic series and the reboot. Um, and that's part of what makes it fun because you are dealing with subjects that may be silly, but you're also dealing with real humans in this dangerous situation, even if it may be silly. And the passion of this character of the doctor wanting, needing to save them. Um, and uh, I just love Chris Eccleston, but David Tennant, adore him. Matt Smith, adore him. Really, his first season, Capaldi was like, huh. But by his third season, I was like, oh my gosh, Capaldi, love him as the doctor. <laughs> Jody, I was like, let's jump on a new adventure with a, with a, and there's Capaldi on your screen right now. Mm-hmm. Jody, let's jump on a new adventure with switching the doctor to a woman full time. Lo- ended up loving her, absolutely loving her. And uh, I, I'm so excited, of course, to see Tennant come back and then to see Shuti come in and play the doctor. Because uh, again, tremendous actor as we've already covered. Um, I'm gonna go ahead. Go ahead. Pretty jarred when Capaldi first started. We were all pretty jarred the same way about why did they choose this? You know, this incarnation of the Doctor when he's so angry and old. But it was a reminder of who the Doctor was, and it was just so mm-hmm. important for us all to remember that he's not a young, you know, spry like human. He is a very old, ancient alien so you have to kind of remember that and that's that's important too and became even older over the course of his final season uh particularly having to repeat the same day over and over again for literally 
hundreds of years, I think. I can't remember. Anyway, Bruce, what were you going to say? Oh, no, I was just, you know, much the same with you when Capaldi came on. Uh, kind of like, who is, what is this? By the third season of him, I'm sitting there going, don't leave yet. No, I want more. Exactly. Uh, but going back to Eccleston, one of the, my favorite things, and it just always strikes me to this day, he could be talking to whatever enemy and just this anger and this hatred in his face, and you could see it, then suddenly turn to Rose or turn to whoever next to him and go, and has this smile on his face and just this weird, joyful banter. And I'm like, that switch in him made that doctor so special of this is, like you said, he is dealing with some serious PTSD and he wants to express it, but he doesn't want to express it by those who don't deserve it. Don't you, you wish we still got emo Matt Smith? I know that picture's still floating around on the internet somewhere. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. All right. On that note, I'm going to wrap up this uh, podcast just because we are pushing an hour and 15 minutes and nobody wants to listen to a podcast that's longer than that. So uh, thank you all out there in internet land, whether you are watching us live right now, watching us on a replay, listening to us on uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this show. Hopefully, if you didn't know uh, Doctor Who before this and you just decided to tune in to figure out what it was, hopefully we've whet your appetite wetted wetted your appetite i don't know and uh and if you already love doctor who hopefully we've gotten you uh, excited for the new season coming out this november 2023 uh i would like to do a special thank you to our host network that hashtag show uh and their sponsor nef vodka uh reminding you to please drink responsibly uh and a special thank you to my guests i'm gonna go ladies first uh, Katie Potter, thank you so much. Where can people find you on uh, on social media if they want to follow your shenanigans? Absolutely, please do. I am at Katie Potter on Twitter and at the Harry Potter fan on Instagram. Uh, TikTok, I'm the HP fan. All right, awesome, Bruce. Uh, how about you? Uh, if people want to follow your cosplay shenanigans and see you paint your entire body blue to be Beast from X Men, <laughs> where can they find you? Uh, ABC cosplay on Facebook right now. Um, not, I don't know if it's my age or I just I'm too busy dealing with being in the moment to, to be social media, so that's the only one I have. Uh, but thank you for having me on. The only thing I want to say at this point is Geronimo. <laughs> So many great catchphrases, but thank you, Bruce. Thank you for being on the show. And the Tom C from our host network, that hashtag show. Thanks for joining us uh, tonight. Really appreciate you being on. Where can people find you? So you can find me pretty much everywhere on social media at off the cuff gaming. And of course you can always follow along with me on that hashtag show.com for all your resident ranger writing news. Resident ranger writing news. That way. And you nailed it the first oh, time. I've been <laughs> saying this for five years doing it. I got it. <laughs> All right. And uh, my co-host for tonight, Katie, Christine, the con girl, thank you so much. Where can people find you if they want to follow your shenanigans? You can follow me across all social media at that at Katie underscore Christine, uh, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. I'm sorry if you follow me on Twitter and you're not a BTS fan right now. Just start apologizing in advance. Um, also on Twitch as well. Um, I didn't scream for nine months, but I 
finally returned to Twitch the other night. Uh, so if you guys like watching me get very angry and be very bad at video games, um, I play a lot of action adventure games. Um, so like The Witcher 3, Spider-Man, all those kind of games. Uh, you can follow me there. Hopefully I'm going to try really hard to be better about it this year. Wait, people tune in to watch people be bad at video games? Because I could do that. Oh, yeah. It's a all big right. thing. Sweet. Um, thank you so much to Jim Fry, the original con guy who was our producer tonight, throwing those images up on the on the screen for you. Uh, thank you, Jim, uh, for all your work tonight. And every time we do one of these shows, he puts a ton of work into him, uh, as well as the website. Check out more of our stuff on thekonguy.com. Also, our sister website, thescareguy.com, uh, which is, uh, oh, and Katie. Katie and the con girl, which I forgot to mention. Oh, yes. Katie also, uh, Katie Christine is one of the hosts of the Con Girl podcast. So we've got like 27 podcasts. Just kidding. We've got the Con Guy. We've got the Scare Guy, which covers the fun side of scary. Uh, we also have the Con Kids, which is uh, some younger generation's views on pop culture and conventions. And we have the Con Girl podcast. Uh, or the Con Girls or Girl? The Con. I think we say the Con Girl, but it's technically Con Girls, basically topics that women like and from a female perspective so we do a lot of like true crime stuff things like that awesome um and again thank you all for tuning in uh to the con guy happy hour podcast my name is ben cleaver if you want to follow my shenanigans you can find me at b-e-n-k-l-i-e-w-e-r it's the same on all social media nobody took that name already for some reason Maybe because it's ridiculous. Also, if you're looking for me, you can find me by searching the hashtag BK421. Uh, thank you again to all you uh, Doctor Who fans out there for tuning in tonight. And if you're not a Doctor Who fan, hopefully you will be soon. And remember, everyone, I'm Ben Cleaver. And the reason I'm drinking out of this red cup is because whenever Ben Cleaver shows up, it's always a party. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Con Guy Show, the official program of theconguy.com. Find us on the Weeby Geeks Collective or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And now on Sci-Fi.Radio, Saturdays at 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific, both a.m. and p.m. That's 9 o'clock Greenwich. It's Sci-Fi for your Wi-Fi. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.